0: Troubles don't last always. Amen. Isn't that good news? Amen. Isn't that good news? Yes, yes. yes. If you can open up your Bible with me to uh, First Peter, first chapter, and we'll be looking at verses one through twelve. Living as strangers. Or you can also label this temporary residence, living as strangers. How appropriate was the song the choir sang for the congregation The lead us in? Troubles don't last always. For this letter by Peter is written to some people who are in trouble. But he's writing to them to let them know that trouble does not last always. And he's writing to a people who are living as strangers in a lane. But they're only going to be here temporary. Somebody might get that on the way home. I heard some Sunday school participants say, we got it. That's <laughs> why so you need to come to Sunday school. You might get a little quicker. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. The word of God says, starting at verse 1, saying, This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the province of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and his spirit has made you holy. Can someone say holy? holy? As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of jesus christ may god give you more and more grace and peace all praise to god the father of our lord jesus christ it is by his great mercy that we have been born again because god raised jesus christ from the dead now we live with great expectation and i and and we have a priceless Inheritance, An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad there is a wonderful joy ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious and expressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time our situation, the spirit of Christ with them was talking about. When he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. Verse 12. They were told that their message were not for themselves but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preach in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is also so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Praise God for his word. Temporary residents living as strangers. I want to take the time to deal with this letter written by Peter and try to see, could this letter be written to us? Peter writes a letter to the diaspora, the diaspora, the Jews who are scattered over Asia. And it's interesting how he addresses them. He says, I am writing to God's chosen people, or his elect. My question to you, do you fit that category? Uh, To be chosen by God, he has some qualifications there. In there, he puts into who are living as foreigners, or in one translation, it might say as strangers or as exiles, or as aliens, in other words, is pointing out that you are not in your home place. You, You are in another situation, in another place that is not welcoming to you. You are in a condition that they don't welcome you, but yet I am writing to you because I see where you are. And he says, "Where do I see? I see you in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago. So it, you, the qualification again of being God's chosen, being His elect, means He's already have known you. What does that mean? That means that before He made you, He already had a purpose in mind for when He made you. Let me help somebody up. You don't build a house." Without first getting a blueprint. And you don't have the blueprint and first you have an idea of what that house is going to look like. But even that blueprint and that idea is still no good unless you have some land to build it on. And even that is all no good if you don't have any materials to build that house. And so what I'm trying to point out that each process has something else involved in the process because it's done with a purpose. I have a blueprint for the purpose of a house. I came with the idea for the blueprint for the purpose of the house. I got the land for the purpose of the house. I have the materials for the purpose of the house. Can I teach you the Bible real quick? Genesis, God introduced himself to us. And the first word he spoke was in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth, and then he further qualified those statements to let you understand what that means. But first, he made sure that you understood that he is the creator. Why does that even mind? Well, 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 well. They served a mono God, one God, but yet they were in a land where people served many gods. They served the god of the sun. They served the god of the moon. And look what God specifically said that he made a lesser light. And a greater light. He didn't say sun and moon. But man say sun and moon, they're worshiping idol gods. But God said, I made a lesser and a greater light. I didn't call them sun and moon. I made them something. Because God is light. And so if God is light, what he made was some artificial light. Somebody might get that on the way home. And so we see here that God creates everything with a specific purpose in mind. And so therefore, tell your neighbor, you were not made by a mistake. But you were made for a purpose. And it's clearly seen here that God says to my chosen that Peter's writing to, who God foreknew, who he already knew, and called for his purpose. Jeremiah, I can't speak. I, I can't talk, God. you going to use me? I heard God tell Jeremiah, I knew you before. 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 You were in your mother's womb. You had parents trying to plan to have children. But God said, I already knew. You before the parents try to plan to have a child I already knew. And so to grab this, to to be God's chosen, means that too many times we are walking around trying to figure out how to live a life pleasing to God when we're trying to live a life that's pleasing to this world, not realizing that this world is only temporary. And so I need to change my perspective and start seeing this land as it is, that I'm just a stranger in this land. This is not my home because I got a new home. Somebody know where I'm going. Over in. Glory. And and so when I realize that this is not my home, this is just a temporary residence, then I got to accept the things that come in living in this place. So, we see, God has chosen us for his purpose. God called us into his purpose through Jesus. Jesus welcomes us into his body for the glory of God. Look at the work here. For Father foreknew you and chose you long ago. And his spirit and, it says, the sprinkling of the blood. Uh, you, you see the work here. The spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have been obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood. You see the spirit and the blood working here. I want you to grasp something real quick here. Uh, the spirit is there, a working participant and activity in our salvation. And, and, and I like how a, 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 a better translator says the sprinkling of the blood. I, I like that because it could have used poured out. It could have used an overwhelming amount, but he strictly said the word sprinkling, which means to say that that blood, just a little drop of that blood is powerful enough to cleanse you. And the working of the sprinkling spirit. What, what's the working of the spirit? We, we read about it in the letters of Philippians. says, work out your salvation in, in fear and in trembling, meaning that uh, I need to allow God to continue to have his way uh, with me as I present my body as a living sacrifice, as I try to walk by faith and not by sight, as I try to trust the Lord in all my ways and lean not to my own understanding, but in all my ways acknowledge him and he will direct my path or how I try to go after the narrow path towards a narrow gate because that is unto righteousness. I'm realizing that this takes work. And God said, I've given you the Holy Spirit. I've covered you with the blood and it's working on you. Is God working on you? And you see, the qualification to be chosen by God means that he foreknew you. Mm. He made you with a purpose already in mind. Mm. He cleansed you and sanctified you for his glory and for his purpose. Mm. And he's working in you with his Holy Spirit. Mm. Can I put a pen right there real quick? Do you not know, as Paul said, that that same spirit that rose Jesus up from the grave is also in you? I'm just going to say that at one time. If you don't believe me, just go back and read it and maybe hit you on your way home. But that same power. And so we see here that, 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 that we as temporary residents have a place still in God. Some like those soldiers that are in a foreign land fighting for a foreign government. They're not well received over there. I was watching a news story. It says that in order for them to change their reception and, and, and make their government, the, the Afghan government, to pass out the food so that the people can see the government working on their behalf. Because it was so hostility there, because they saw a foreign people helping them out. They said, what is my government doing for me? Because they saw the face of the people doing the work, and it says, you don't look like me, but you're helping me. But those who, sh- who look like me, who should be helping me, they're not doing this. The government caught on to that. So they are they are part of the solution. They're not a part of the problem. So let us get them in. Sometimes we are in the same way, that we are in a foreign land. And instead of us working with the problem, we become the problem. But when we join in the Christian army and we join in God's kingdom, we can work together to make a better community. But yet we have to... Understand that this is not our home, so don't try to get comfortable here, because this is not your home. I heard a story about a man that set up a a lazy boy chair and and said he had to test it out, make sure to work, and he had to sit down and grab a remote, act like he was at home. But I heard somebody say, don't get too comfortable, because this is not your home. (laughs) Sometimes that's how we be, that we get up in other people's places. And we try to sit down like it's our home. But I want you to realize when you get comfortable, it allows you to, your mind to relax. And you're not as alert as you should be. And that leaves a little bit of room for the enemy to sneak in because you're getting comfortable. You're you're not up walking around checking someplace. But I heard Jesus say to be as gentle as a double the wiser as a servant. We need to realize that this is not our home. But yet we've been called to a greater purpose through the working of the Holy Spirit and a sprinkling of the blood to glorify the Father. Are y'all with me here? And so we see that according to God's purpose, he, he has chosen us. And, and since he has chosen us, then Peter gets excited. He extols God. We may read it as blessed be or praise, but yet he is giving praises and honor to God because he has chosen us. Too many times in our lives that we think we are the chosen ones and people should thank us because of who we are. We walk in as I should be treated as royalty because of my last name. You don't know who I am? I'm sorry, was I supposed to? We have people that get caught up thinking that every place they go, they own it. But yet, I would like to tell them, but I thank God for helping my patient tongue uh, to keep it to myself, but we didn't realize that this is not your home. You don't own anything. But my God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. My friend Pastor Bailey said that he had so many cattle, they stopped counting the cattle and started counting the hills. That's a lot. Our God owns everything, so nothing I have is mine. My house is not mine. My car is not mine. These clothes are not mine. My shoes are not mine. My watch, my video games, my favorite baseball team, the Cubs, they're not mine. All this stuff is temporary. All this stuff will fade away. But yet there's something new come. That I want to hold on to. But yet we look at this. Look why he prays. He praises him for his great mercy. Do you see that in verse 3? His great mercy. When you look at the word mercy, it means that he had pity or he had compassion. We, we see Jesus having mercy, having pity, having compassion on many people. For that's the reason why he came. I came for the blind to see, <laughs> for the lame to walk. He came to have pity. You heard him saying, "Lord, or Son of David, have mercy, or have pity on me." And Jesus calls them over and say, "What do you want? I want to see." Of course, you want to see. We knew that, but Jesus wants you to just come there and have a relationship with Him and talk with Him, and He gives it to them. Aren't you glad we serve a God that wants a relationship with us? Do you understand the correspondence? God's an oral God that He speaks. The other guys don't talk back. Remember, remember Elijah and Baal? Oh, oh, maybe your guys are sleeping. Cry, cry a little bit loud. But our God never sleeps. Uh, nor slum. Our God is an unlying God, an unchanging God. Does not change like the shifting shadow. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the, what was, what is, and what is to come. He is awesome. And so, because of all that, great is his mercy. We look, we look in the Bible, we see he's writing to the Jews. The Jews know that they will say our God's a warrior. Oh, you find that in the Bible? That our God is a mighty warrior. Why is he a mighty warrior? Because he's a God of war. Oh, he destroyed some city. He destroyed some land to give the land to us promised people. But also we realize, so he said, but God, great is your mercy and your ever-kinding love. We see that over. And over again, oh, our God is a gracious God, full of love and kindness. How can this be, this God of war, also be this God of mercy and love and kindness? Because he's holy. And sin cannot stand in his presence. And because sin cannot stand in his presence, we cannot stand in his presence. But since we could not stand in his presence, he sent himself to stand in our place. So that we can stand in his presence. That points back again. How Peter says the spirit and the blood is working. Tell somebody it's working. And so this great mercy. This greatest mercy that we have experienced. You see that? (laughs) And that that has given us hope to live. Has anybody here had some times that you didn't feel like living? Sometimes you felt depressed. You started wondering. What if this car went off the road? What if I... Stayed on these train tracks. I I, I know I'm talking to some safe folks up in here, but don't act like you don't live in this world. Uh, what if I jumped out this building or would somebody miss me if I was gone? Sometimes we get depressed and we feel like we have no hope to live. But I just want you to be like Peter and think about his mercy. Instead of giving me hope to live. Because I realized I could have been dead and gone. Without knowing Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But now that I know him, I know this is not my home. And so Jesus' resurrection from the dead brings us hope. It brings hope to the exiles, uh, to the aliens, uh, to the strangers. To realize that death has no victory. Sin has no sting. We, we see here that this place is just temporary. Our body is just temporary. But yet there's going to be a new temple. A new tabernacle, a new tent, not made by man's hands, this great mercy. And Jesus chastised the Pharisees and the scribes when they did not show mercy, because he is merciful, and he shows mercy. So we as temporary residents in a strange land, we too need to show mercy. Some mercy. We need to look out and realize there's some crime happening in our community. We need to show some compassion and say, well, that's not my neighborhood. That's not my community. This is still your city. And I want you to understand that sometimes zip codes can shift. Yeah, you might be thinking you in a one one zip code, but you might find some o up in your zip code. And don't be fooled, there's some 1-1s one and some 1-5s and 1-4s doing the same stuff in the 0-5s. So don't get caught up, think I live in a good neighborhood. Just look around and realize, this is not my home. And since this is not my home, everywhere is desolate, everywhere is disgusting, everywhere is defiled. That's why my God is going to destroy all of this mess. Come, Jesus, come. And we see him. We see how this great mercy shows us that because of his great mercy, what do we have? An inheritance. Woo! I, I, I had to spend some time on this part of the text because it got good to me. It said our inheritance. Do you see that there in the text? Uh, what, what, what kind of Inheritance. An inheritance that you can possess, something that that you're going to have that's going to be undefiled, be immortal, unfading. That unfading word in my translation messed with me, so I had to look it up and see what it meant. What it meant, it means that it is permanent in glory. It means that it's everlasting. (laughs) That means it's going to sustain what it is. And you see these consistent as describing of an inheritance that is undefiled, that is pure, that is immortal and not fading. And it started hitting me what does that sound like? Sound like my God, who's uncorruptible, who's undefiled and never fading. And why does that sound like my God? Because that inheritance is in his place. (laughs) It's in heaven. And then I look at the text a little bit closer and say that God is keeping it on guard for me, or He's protecting it, or He's preserving it for me. And then that reminded me about Jesus when He told his disciples that I go to prepare a place for you. So that when I come back, you can be with me. Do you see that that God is telling you that this is not your home? Uh, I, I know you're here and, and yes, you're being trial, but yet as you think about the mercy I've given you, as you think about how I saved you and redeemed you, as you think about how I preserved you, and you have an inheritance in heaven, then you might be able to face the test that comes. Do you see that in the text? You see how the argument is going now? In order for you to be holy and live holy, you've got to have some motivation. <laughs> God knows how fickle we are. Uh, he kept the promised land ahead of them because they weren't ready for it. And, and, and you see here that God, God knows that I can work with you and help you get there because I'm not done with you yet. But when Jesus comes, do you not see that? Not until the revelation of Jesus, not until the appearance of Jesus where we fully understand our salvation. But since we're still in a work in progress, as as we understand, I I want you to grab here. These are the last days, and it did not start in 2000. It started when the Holy Spirit came, because Peter says that when the in the last days, God will pour out His Holy Spirit. Uh, Does anybody have the Holy Spirit? Then then you must be in the last days. Uh, But I'm so glad that that man does not know the day uh, nor the hour. So that's why you need to work out your salvation in fear and in trembling. And better yet, as Peter says, just remember. Remember, you're a stranger. You're an exile in a foreign land. They don't accept you as citizens here. But, but Paul says that we are citizens in a kingdom of heaven. And Peter goes on to say, we are a holy nation. How is that? Because God says so. And you look at that. You see that. That Jesus has redeemed us and preserved us. And because of that, that I realized that my life is full of trials and tests and tribulations. I want to grab that, That yes, many people pray for healing in their wretched bodies, but sometimes healing does not come. It does not mean God is not God. But it does mean this. What the apostle said, God told him that in your weakness, then you are made strong. For my grace is more than enough. It is sufficient. And so we realize that In the trials that I'm faced, what's it doing? It's working on me like gold, like pure gold. But yet, I'm glad it's so that your faith is even worth more than pure gold. Oh, I I know we put a lot of value on gold and platinum. But yet, the text tells us, as we all know, it's perishable. But yet, your faith in Jesus... It's not perishable. But instead, it's going to be found with praise and glory. Did y'all see that in the text? I'm not lying to you. Keep on reading in the text. It's going to be found with praise and glory. When will it be found? On the revelation. On the time when Jesus comes. Will you be found faithful? Will you be found faithful on the appearance? Will you be found tried and true? I, I want to just close with this illustration. Dealing with the The gold. I was, uh, I was truly blessed. Uh, I say that in the Bible. So I was truly blessed uh, uh, going to that week of class. There was an uh, uh, a artist that does with metal. And so he started talking about metal. And he started talking about the gold purification process. And he says that when they melt the gold to get the infirmities out, to further purify the gold, they put lead in there to further draw out the impurities. My mind started working with that. I'm already under fire to get the impurities out. But then you got to put something else that's impure to take all the other impurities out. Because I just, the fire was just not good enough. And I still started working with and I started thinking about how I do come confessing and repenting of my sins. And, and I could come with a lamb and, and with an ox and, and with a turtle dove and, and, and sacrifice and let the blood sprinkle over the mercy seat. But still that would not be good enough until something got in that took all my sins away and maybe pure before the Father and I'm talking to somebody here realizing that I'm just a stranger in this land uh, all by myself and, and I can't do anything uh, by myself. I try and I try, but on my best day, uh, I'm still just a filthy rag. But not until, uh, not until uh, Jesus uh, came and took all my sins away. uh, He took all of my infirmities. uh, Did he do it for you? uh, Realizing that I've called you for my purpose and and for my glory. And I love you and my spirit will work in you. My blood uh, will cover you. And that's why you can be holy, you can be holy, not because of what you have done, but what I have done for you, good God, from Zion. Aren't you glad you're a stranger in a strange land, but you know a living God that's preparing you a new home over in glory. So just hold on just a little while, your money still may not come, cancer still may not come, go away. But Jesus is coming and will wipe every pain away. No more death, no more sorrow. And I'm talking to somebody right now. I know, I know you wish you could run like you were six years old. But one of these mornings, or one of these nights, or one of these days, he's coming back again. And you'll be able to shout, you'll be able to run in a new vibe. So realize that you're just in a temporary place, but God has a permanent thing for you that's incorruptible, that will not perish, and it will be yours over in glory. That's some hope to have while you might be in pain on on a doctor's bed, while you might be in debt at the bank's house, but yet you can know that your father is rich, that he is a healer. That he is more concerned about your soul than your body. I, I didn't get everybody on there. Oh, he's destroying this body. And he's going to give you a new one. Because he's more concerned about you being with him than you living good down here. Because he's, he's going to make you live wonderful, beautifully with him. But you have to grab on. You're just a temporary resident living as a stranger. But yet, when you know Christ, you know you have a new home over in glory. Hallelujah. Bless His name. May we stand, we stand in the hand of discipleship.